Hello and welcome to the DC Drop, where we talk all the news from this week in DC movies, TV, and comics. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. Let's just jump right into it. Batman. According to Variety, Robert Pattinson has been is in negotiations to play Batman in Matt Reeves' upcoming film. From the article, it says, while sources say it is not a, yet a done deal, Pattinson is the top choice and it's expected to close shortly. Other sources after this came out, Deadline said that he's just on a short list with Nicholas Holt, who was Beast in the recent X-Men films. And then the Hollywood Reporter added that Pattinson is the front runner and they don't. They said they don't know if an offer has been made or anything, but other names that have been floated alongside Pattinson's over the last month have been Army Hammer, Nicholas Holt, and Aaron Taylor Johnson. So Variety seems to say, say, you know, no contract to sign yet, but it's pretty much a done deal. Pattinson will be Batman. The others say he is either on a short list or a front runner. Um, I guess what is your initial thoughts to Robert Pattinson potentially being Batman? Yeah, I I will be completely honest and say I don't really have that much familiarity with Pattinson. I. I haven't seen any of the Twilight movies. I know him from Harry Potter, which, but he, you know, he was really young then, and I'm sure he has matured and progressed as an actor, but he wasn't bad in Harry Potter either. Um, I obviously started looking around after I, I heard the news, and it seems like he's been doing a lot of like small art house films and been, you know, been doing some really working with really, really talented people. So just overall, as a get, it's kind of cool that he has been working with some of like the biggest names in like really high acclaimed films and small films and if he wants to go from that to a big budget film to work on a superhero movie the fact that they could maybe persuade him to do that that seems kind of cool yeah pattinson most well known like you said for the the twilight saga he was in harry potter and the goblet of fire cedric diggory he's been doing a bunch of smaller films like you said some smaller not necessarily independent but lower budget films films that don't make a lot of money or that uh people see a lot but something like good time or i think cosmopolis cosmopolis or something uh, a lot of stuff i haven't seen to mm-hmm. full disclosure um but he has gotten a lot of critical praise for that uh he's 33 6 1 i'm surprised you don't have an opinion because it seems like everybody always has an opinion but you'll see a lot of negative stuff the only real negative i see is people saying twilight is dumb and he was right. in Twilight, so he's dumb as Batman. There's better arguments than that against him, but that seems to be the only uh, negative reaction that I have seen, uh, which is weird in general because just because an actor is in a movie or movie series you don't like does not necessarily mean they will not be a good fit for a completely different franchise and a different character. I'll say I really like it. <laughs> I think Pattinson is a great choice. He... I haven't seen him in a ton of stuff either. I've seen him in a couple different things. Obviously, Harry Potter. I've seen some of the Twilight films, or maybe all of them, actually. Um, I'll admit that. I don't care. Uh, I think Water for Elephants. He's done. I've seen some some different things he's been in. It's been a while. But of the choices thrown around, I really like him. He has the... You can see the Bruce Wayne charm Yeah. in him. He, he's definitely got that Bruce Wayne charm, and he's got the brooding venge, vengeance, venge, vengeful knight that Batman is so he can play both sides. If I had one complaint, you know, you'd like him to be an inch or two taller and 20 to 30 more pounds of muscle on him. Uh, He's not going to get taller and that's fine, but he's got at least six months before this begins filming to put on 20, 25, 30 pounds of muscle and really look like a Batman. I don't think he's going to get bulked up to the Ben Affleck BVS levels, but he can get um, somewhere in between where he is now and where that Batman was. I, th- I think that's a really good choice. Um, and if we're being honest, I know some people don't like Twilight, but the character he plays in that 
isn't that dissimilar from Batman in a lot of ways, in a broad strokes, from an acting perspective. Yeah. He gets to be kind of a charming guy who is interested in women who are probably much too young for him. And also, uh, he gets to be this brooding, powerful figure who should stick to the shadows. So in a lot of ways, they're not that dissimilar. And from everything I hear, he's become an even better actor from then. But even what I've seen him in, he's he's got the charm. He's got you can see him playing that darker character. I th- I think this is actually a really good fit. And obviously, if Matt Reeves sees something in him that translates to what he's trying to do with Batman, then it's going to be a good fit. Yeah, and I like comparing him to the other actors too. I think he has a really good look, especially like he has a very strong angular jawline, which I think <laughs> will look really cool in the the cape and the cowl. So I think I think he definitely, like you said, he he has the look of batman um and he's got plenty of time to bulk up a little bit um but the other thing is technically like he is the oldest of all of those names that have been floated but they're all really close in age like i think they're all within five and they're all fairly young like he's only a couple years older than christian bale was when he when he started so the you know the stories we heard about like wanting to go with a younger batman um going back maybe a little bit in time or whatever but telling a story with a younger batman it seems like they're going that way and uh, yeah, I think he's he's a good choice, and I I'm definitely gonna go watch some of those movies that he's been in recently to see you know his acting prowess. But from what other people have said, it's pretty good. Yeah, and he, he's really not that you know, as young as I thought they might go in the twenties yeah. or anything. Because by the time this film comes out, he will have turned thirty five. Yeah. So it's not like he's a child, but he's got time to to play. Um, you know, he can play it, play Batman for several films. He's still relatively young young enough to be joining a franchise and he knows what he's getting into with a franchise he signed on to twilight when he was probably 20 years old so he knows what he's getting into and and if he wants to do batman that he knows what he what to expect in terms of dealing with a hardcore fan base um that he's he's had to deal with before and and what all that takes in terms of being in a franchise film those other names there i don't dislike them um you know i don't want to get into them heavily unless something happens with pattinson and they fall through. It, it has to be, since this comes from Justin Kroll, I'm assuming he wouldn't say that unless he was very confident. He doesn't even mention other names. So I'm assuming Pattinson is the choice and they're just working out the contract details. Maybe it got out a little sooner than WB hoped and they could lose some leverage if, if Pattinson is the choice in terms of instead of being one of many names. But I like Army Hammer. I think he could do great as Batman. He's also you know got the size already, the physicality and all of that. I don't know much about Nicholas Holt. Um, he kind of has that look, you know, of Batman and Aaron Taylor Johnson. Again, I don't know a ton about him. He's kind of, but he could, I, th- I think any of them could do a good job, but I really do like, uh, surprisingly like the choice of Pattinson if he is indeed the choice. Yeah. And the, the most exciting thing for me, especially it is because I'm not super familiar with, with him. The most exciting thing about this is that we have probably, I guess it's not completely confirmed, but we have somebody who's going to play Batman. And that just means that we're that much closer to the film starting to film, um, and then actually getting done and us being able to see it in a theater. So that's that's really exciting. Yeah, and it leaves behind all the years of speculation on Affleck and, yeah. and what's going on yeah. in the future and all of that. Um, the worst part about this is that people are trying to make Battinson a thing. Yeah. I was really I really thought I really thought Batfleck got old yeah. pretty soon, several years ago. And now Battinson is the thing. I guess that's just something we'll we'll have to deal with going forward. Yeah, so this is expected to begin late filming. Filming late 2019, early 2020 for a June 2021 release date. 
let's talk about the Suicide Squad. James Gunn did a brief, well, actually quite a long interview with Deadline, but it's mostly about firing and getting fired and getting rehired for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. If you want to go into that process there, he talks about how he had, within two days of being fired, he'd been contacted by studios and uh, not long after that, he decided on the Suicide Squad and really wanting to do that. But the, the main thing here, he just said, as soon as he started working on it, it instantly started flowing in terms of writing it. He knew what he wanted to do, and he said he hadn't had that much fun writing a script since maybe Dawn of the Dead. And I think that makes a lot of sense. This, I, you can see the quirky characters of the Suicide Squad, all those characters he has available, available to him, being a good fit for James Gunn's filmmaking sensibilities and his sense of humors, sense of humor, those quirky characters, and all the things you can do with them. It is a fun group of characters. Yeah, I'm I'm interested how much um, like source material he looked at, like how much if he read a lot of Suicide Squad or if he, you know, they told him like these are the characters you can play with and like their uh, abilities and here go go wild and tell a story because especially with Suicide Squad, you don't need to adapt like a storyline that already exists. You can just play with them like toys and do just about anything. So I'm interested uh, if that, he said the story just instantly started flowing like if he had a, a shell of an idea and he didn't know that he wanted to do with characters in, in some franchise at some point or if he it's like a brand new fresh idea that came to him because he got inspired by the character. So I don't know. It's just interesting, you know, what that process is, how that, that came about. I know I know he shared a little bit on social media, the John Ostrander, the late 80s run and beyond some of that stuff. So and with some of the characters he's pulling polka dot man peacemaker yeah. some of those deep cut characters i know he had to do his research and and dive into the source material i don't think you just maybe maybe he just went to yeah. a roster of dc characters and pointed randomly and said that sounds dumb i want to <laughs> i want to put him in a movie or, or something like that uh, i don't i don't think that i'm guessing he read something thought that was weird and had a good way to use the character in the movie not sure but that's that's what i would guess happened there yeah and i it is encouraging like anytime that and it, it seems very genuine. It's uh, when the person who's writing the story and in charge of the story, like, is very excited about it and has what they think is really a really good idea. Um, that's always really encouraging, knowing that um, they're going to get to put that idea into uh, into action. Absolutely. Next up, a little bit of news uh, about Peter Jackson. Apparently, he turned down the chance to direct Aquaman. So there is an article in Empire, and there's a, a quote from the article where. It says that Jackson revealed that he was offered the chance to direct Aquaman twice by former Warner Brothers CEO Kevin Sujihara, but turned it down both times. And he said, are you a fan of Aquaman? So Kevin said that. And Peter Jackson said, no. And six months later, Peter, are you a fan of Aquaman? He said, no, Kevin, I already told you this. I'm not a super superhero guy. I read 1010. Look, films are hard. I only want to make something that I have a deep passion for. Yeah, I, so definitely, I, yeah, go ahead. Definitely very old <laughs> news considering this was four, four years ago when James Wan joined Aquaman. Yeah. So this had to take place long before that. Yeah, and this is, I think some people, like, there's probably a whole right, wide array of reactions to this. Like, people maybe being upset that Peter Jackson seems like he's dissing it a little bit. But I think this is, like, not really, this is kind of non-news. And if it is anything, it's good news. Like, they approach somebody and they had the wherewithal to say, hey, I'm not going to do a good job of this because I'm not passionate about it. And so I'm glad that Peter Jackson didn't end up doing the Aquaman film because it probably wouldn't have been as good as the Aquaman film we got. Oh, absolutely. I have no complaints about yeah about that at all. I think Peter Jackson probably could have made a good Aquaman film if he wanted to. But if he didn't want to, then he probably shouldn't try. And I think James Wan ended up being a great choice for that. Uh, the bigger news for me is that they're just 
it's kind of funny how casual this is, how they're... Yeah. And this was Kevin Sujahara is no longer there. I don't even... Can't even remember how many changes to DC movie leadership has taken place since this happened. But it's just cool that they're casually approaching people like Peter Jackson and, you know, mentioning characters like Aquaman and things like that. I'm, I'm always wonder how those things go on behind the scenes. So it is cool that they're approaching Peter Jackson I, or people like Peter Jackson. I hope they're doing this still with their big characters. Uh, again, several, several leadership changes have taken place. The company was purchased by another company Yeah. in the meantime. So I don't know if things like this are still going on, but I hope they are. Yeah. It makes you wonder, like, did they go to like the rap party for uh, Planet of the Apes and like go up to Matt Reeves and like, you ever heard of Batman? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it is funny how casual it is. Right. Uh, in animation news, we got a trailer debut for the Batman Hush animated movie from IGN. Um, so we got it's a pretty good chunk. We get to see a lot of a lot of different characters. If you know the Hush story, there's a whole lot of characters involved, and it also looks like maybe the new bat costume uh what do you think about this trailer tom yeah it looks like a new look for batman in this universe it looks like a good trailer we get to see brief snippets really of what's going on like you said lots of characters and a lot going on which is what was happening in the hush storyline um reminds me of a lot of things of hush and so yeah i think it looks good and yeah well, that's coming out late summer of 2019 so we're almost too early summer of 2019 so that's not too far away yeah, and and I'm sure the release date will be out today or tomorrow yeah, or something. Probably. They always release the trailer, and then a couple of days later they release the release date because then you can be in the news cycle twice, which is smart. Yep. Next up in TV news, uh, we got a new trailer for Swamp Thing. This one titled Alec, and unsurprisingly follows Alec. Uh, but we get to see see a lot of him for the first time before becoming the Swamp Monster, and get to spend some time with him. Um, I again, I. The trailers are a little bit like not really revealing too much story, but showing a whole lot of cool stuff. And I've I've really liked what I've seen so far from Swamp Thing. I think they've all done a really good job of like setting the mood and the the kind of creepiness, general creepiness that I'm expecting from this show. So this this follows in the line of those previous trailers, and I I like this quite a bit. Yeah, definitely some gross stuff going yeah. on, the horror stuff. I think this looks cool. Again, I like I like all the footage we've seen from Swamp Thing, and I like seeing. Alec Holland pre Swamp Thing. So mm-hmm. I don't know how much we're going to see of this. My guess is this is probably from the first episode and most likely from the first half, maybe even of the first episode. Not surprising. So I don't know if we're going to get any Alec Holland going forward flashbacks or anything like that. But I do get, I am glad we get to see a little bit of him and a little bit of him with Abby and all of that before, you know, what happens to him. Yeah. And that's good. And I, I hope we do get to see more flashbacks, like just to establish their relationship relationship so it helps you understand like how it's changed now that he's become a monster and maybe like the ties that do still remind or remain between them so yeah i hope we get to see more of him without the swamp monster and that's something doom patrol did has done really well in terms of you know seeing people like matt bomer and brendan fraser in more than just the pilot episode they get we got to see more of them in flashbacks going forward so i think that's cool and i wouldn't have a problem with that continuing here yeah, and so just two weeks from now, May 31st, is when we get to see Swamp Thing for the first time. Uh, CW put out their upfront, so we got some news from there. Uh, we got first look trailer for Batwoman, and also a poster, uh, a good chunky three-minute trailer for Batwoman. What did you think of this, Tom? Yeah, I always forget how long these first look <laughs> trailers are, and, and they're tough to do, a three-minute trailer for a 42-minute episode or whatever. Um, I, it didn't wow me or anything, but it looks... Most of it mostly looks good. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. What did you think of it? It 
Yeah, it it mostly looks good. It looks like it's filmed very well. It's got really cool locations and atmosphere and some action and uh, costumes and equipment and all that kind of stuff. And I like going to the Batcave and all of that. But just like overall, for as strong as a, a female character as this is supposed to be, I think they they're really trying really, really hard to assert that this is a female character and that she's strong in that, which is really cool. But they also undercut themselves by like, there is literally in there a line where it says, oh, you're the female Bruce Wayne. So it's like kind of undercutting undercutting it by making her a character based on a male character instead of just being her own like strong female character. So there's like some mixed messages there, which are a little annoying, but overall it still looks really impressive. It looks really cool. So I'm, I'm still excited for it. Yeah. And overall that line is kind of a sign of my biggest problem with this show and why I'm not as excited about it as as some of the other stuff going on it's just it looks very much like a batman show except they don't have batman so similar to supergirl they're just uh they're making a a batman show without access to batman so we've got a doing things a female bruce wayne so it's just female bruce wayne a female batman that kind of stuff um batwoman obviously draws heavily from that the character in the comics draws heavily from that but is also a unique character so i hope they don't just make a straight up female batman i hope it is if they're going to do this it, it should be a unique character and not just uh, a f- female copycat of the character yeah and I, and i think and i will give them the benefit of the doubt i think this is how you get people in who don't have any interest in like oh it's like batman and then they'll watch it and yeah. then you get them in and then you i don't want to say bait and switch isn't the right word but like get them in and then show them like actually she's her own strong character and she's different in these ways so I, I hope that's what they're doing, and I think that is what they're doing. Yeah, I get that from a marketing perspective. They're trying to get... This is the closest thing to a Batman TV show. Um, it's it's just why I personally would be more interested in something like, I don't know, Vixen or something like that. A completely interesting, yeah. completely unique character, uh, different from any other... You know, It's not just a, a copycat of a, of a male character. It's an original one with original story and mythology and... You're not literally just going to Batman's cave and yeah. and making the co- costume female and stuff like that. Um, I'm sure that, that gets a lot of people more interested. It's made me a little less interested. Yeah. And it, it does look like they've maybe trimmed a little bit of fabric off of the cape since the last time we saw it. <laughs> I'm, ass- I'm assuming that was just the CG thing done for... Uh, done for a promo it, it did look cool in the promo but yeah uh, that it's not exactly practical running around gotham with a 20 foot cape yeah. each direction other news from the cw they released their fall schedule uh <laughs> i know we talked about how we thought that it would be cool to see batwoman wait until crisis on infinite earth and then get a fresh start after that that's not going to happen starting this fall it will be sunday at eight followed by supergirl at nine o'clock black, black lightning will be mondays at nine tuesdays will be the flash followed by arrow and Legends of Tomorrow will not debut until mid-season. Any thoughts on... I know the actual days these come out are less important now more than ever with, with streaming and everything like that. I think it's more interesting to know the general times of year that they're going to be on. So those five shows will be on in the fall. Legends of Tomorrow won't be back until presumably January of 2020. Yeah, and I, I wonder if they'll they'll reshuffle it you know, after Arrow ends, if they'll move Batwoman to maybe... Depending on how how it does what the reception is maybe move that to take over that slot although you said like you said it doesn't really matter what day it comes out on necessarily but it does affect numbers um but yeah i'll be interested to see if they move that around or reshuffle it i'd assume they just slide legends of tomorrow in yeah the arrow slot but 
who knows with as much as you know the cw is not afraid to make changes to their schedule tweaks here and there so it, it's just a, a fool's errand trying to guess what it would do but yeah we have no idea yet on the episode counts except for arrow which we know will be 10 episodes for the final season uh with batman batwoman starting in the fall i wonder if they'll go the full 22 episode route or if they will you know like black lightning keep it down to 13 or 16 mm-hmm. not sure also, along with that, in addition to the 10 episodes of Arrow's final season, they're going to have a special, a retrospective special episode. I don't know when or how they will air it, but a look back on the show. And I think that's cool as a show that has had a big influence on this universe. Obviously, the, the first one in it, that's a, that's a cool way to look back at it. So do you still call it the Arrowverse after like Arrow is done? Or is the name going to change? Or it's, it's always going to be that because it started it, right? There's no good name for it. I only call it the Arrowverse because that's what... Mark Pedowitz calls it the CW right. president. That's what he calls it. So that's the closest thing to official. There's no official name. Um, I'll call it that. Yeah, I'll still call it the Arrowverse, even yeah. when Arrow's done, unless they come up with an actual name for it. That is a good question. And some other cool stuff. We got some details on the CW's Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover coming this fall. So it is going to be five episodes. It will include Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, and Batwoman, presumably one episode from each of them. No Black Lightning. Not shocking there. But I am slightly disappointed to know that it looks like Black Lightning will not be included at all. I, I, everything producers of Black Lightning have said was that it would not be involved in crossovers and all of that. I'm still a little disappointed. But I think five episodes is a good number for Crisis on Infinite Earths. I would have loved six or more, but I think five is a cool number. What do you think about five? Yeah, five is cool because, you know, with the 40-minute episodes together, that's gonna that's ended up being a really, really long movie so it's a lot of time to tell a really good story if they want to like you said i little disappointed the black lightning's not included not surprised at all this would be the perfect opportunity to include any out of universe shows that you wanted to but um say lobby yeah i'm with jefferson pierce being one of my favorite characters on the cw it would have been nice to see him with all of them and i'm gonna hold out hope that there will be some sort of cameo or yeah footage somehow acknowledged black lightning will somehow be acknowledged if nothing else in crisis on infinite Earths. and with five episodes that'll make it a three and a half out basically three and a half hours when you take out commercials that's a that's a pretty good number uh they're doing things a little bit differently so with five episodes that's more than they've ever done they only did four episodes once for crisis on earth x they will air three episodes in december 2019 so that will be mid-season hang mid-season cliffhangers mid-season finales most likely for three of the shows and then the final two episodes will air in early 2020 so we'll probably have a month-long break in between the first three and the final two episodes yeah and something tells me it's not going to be wrapped up quite so neatly at the end of those three episodes it's definitely it's going to be a cliffhanger like you said and we're going to be it's going to be a long month or so in between uh seeing those first three and the final two yeah i'm just fascinated by how they're going to handle that when they're going to air episodes when i think it would make sense to have arrow be the final episode if that is the show's finale i think that would be cool and legends of tomorrow will likely be one of the two episodes in 2020 since they're not debuting until mid-season but i'm fascinated how this will be done how this will impact the arrowverse going forward maybe they'll come up with a name for it (laughs) that would be the biggest impact um and i want to know how much they're going to set up we know we'll get into spoilers or anything but the arrow and flash season finales teased crisis on infinite earths i really hope that happens going forward in the first half of those shows uh they they tease more about crisis on infinite earths this is dc comics biggest story ever arguably 
So I think doing a bunch of lead up with that, I won't mind because I think it would be tough to focus on the individual stories without with Crisis on Infinite Earths looming when we know that's coming. Yeah. And I, yeah, like you said, I hope it would be really cool to have little things progressing throughout the seasons of each of these shows leading up to it that you don't necessarily need to watch if you don't want to, but add some, some padding around to add some flavor um, and um, makes it feel like a really, really big, huge event and story that everything is has been leading up to which it should be this is this should be like the biggest crossover ever right and they even went so far as for the arrow season eight synopsis to mention the multiverse so i think that's going to deal pretty heavily with some lead-in stuff like like you said maybe some stuff that you don't need to know you got to balance that uh for people who just watch the crossover but it will be neat to see how they handle it and last up today the cw seed is developing a deathstroke animated series it is going to be titled Deathstroke Knights and Dragons. It sounds like it's going to deal with the Wilson family. Does not say if it is connected to any other current version, so I'm guessing this is something original. There's, I don't even know how many versions of Deathstroke out there right now. Uh, probably not Will Arnett's from Teen Titans Go. We also got our first look at the animation style, but this will probably be something they make into a movie, but release in snippets on the CWC like they've done with Constantine and Vixen and Freedom Fighters the Ray. Yeah, and I've I've been generally impressed with the quality of the, the previous stuff, so I'm hoping that this will follow suit. All right, well, that is all we have for today. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon.